Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hockey fans, welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network. I'm your host, Casey Hudson. And uh, let's get into some NHL headlines, hot topics, all of the things. It's been a long time since I've done a solo run, but we've had a lot of fantastic guests here on Casing the League from Johnny, second appearance, gave so much great information, insight, and humor to Greg Wyshynski. Um, just over a, a little over a week ago, I think it was, uh, we had Alice Mugin uh, about a month and a half ago. We had the amazing Lindsay Raleigh for the National Predators. Just so many great people. I can't express enough how much I appreciate them hopping on and um, going around the league with me. The other thing is, is that so many of those interviews are still quite relevant. So if you're facing the league, if you haven't heard those episodes yet, go catch up. There's information about teams and headlines that are still playing out today as we speak in quarter portion of the NHL season. It's wild to think that we are already here. But before we get going, as y'all know, Casing the League is brought to you by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling. And with NFL in full stride in the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form, BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wager information. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. Not just the big four, BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both the desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is being played from MMA to international soccer, which I love. Head to the BetOnline store today and remember to use our code LEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Speaking of starts, it has been a very exciting, very overwhelming, very fast-paced week, headline week in the NHL. There was a lot of rumbles about where's Patrick Kane going to go. There continued conversations around the Bedard effect and how he just continues to produce and live up to the hype and reputation. There was conversations about guys requesting trades, some of those trades being honored. There was the unfortunate breaking news of Corey Perry and his contract being terminated by the Blackhawks. He released a statement about a day ago, which we will chat about ever so briefly. And um, the Hughes brothers, they're going to be top of the headlines for weeks before, weeks to come. It just continues to stride forward for these three others, but they deserve all of the praise and recognition and then some. So let's get right into it. One of the top headlines that stuck out to me is obviously revolving around Patrick Kane. He finds his new home and reunites with Alex Dabrinkit on the Red Wings. Now, as I mentioned, some of the amazing guests that we've had here on Casing the League, Greg Wyshynski stopped by and we chatted about all kinds of things did about Patrick Kane, the potential of where he would end up, what we thought the best fit would be for him. The Florida argument was really, really good. That's where I was leaning the most. I was definitely not wanting him to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The math did not math there. He just would have ended up kind of getting into their whatever they're trying to figure out over there. Um, so Greg and I definitely agree that the Florida Panthers could have been a heavy hitting situation for Patrick Kane, kind of a revelation for his career. He was playing with an injury when he did join the New York Rangers. There was also some other kind of career pressure 
there. And I love that Greg kind of touched on the human aspect of what it's like to be one of the greatest players in the league and to go through a trade situation to be chasing another cup and not have the the support of the media behind you. So um, I think this was a great move for him to end up at the Red Wings. You can't do better than the Dynasty team. It's been surprising all around. As you guys know who have listened, I had the Red Wings as my top offseason team. I didn't think that they needed to make a flashy move. Obviously, Alex it was a flashy move. But outside of him, they just needed some pieces to get in the right place. They weren't putting up more than three goals per game. I think they sat at like a whopping 2.64 goals per game last season. And they couldn't keep their neck clean. They were letting up a lot of goals as well. So goaltending has got better. But importantly, defense has gotten better. And that's nothing against Mo Sider because he was fantastic last year. But one solo defenseman can't do it all on their own. I think Shane Gospier joining this roster was a tremendous, tremendous upgrade um, in the most subtle and significant way. He's kind of looking like that player from the Flyers years ago. So this was a great move for Patrick Kane, in my opinion. Hockey Town is beyond excited. The jersey sales went through the roof immediately. Now, to put this into perspective, because if you guys know, I am a complete nerd. The last time Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit played together, the numbers were outlandish. You're talking about Kane posting 26 goals, 66 assists, and having a 92-point season through 78 games. But uh, here's the whopper. So he sat at a minus 19. To put up that much offense when you're forced to play so much defense because the Blackhawks were just like in their in their dumping form at that point, it, just, it speaks to what Patrick Kane can still bring to the ice. Um, and what I think that he'll do as in, in the healthiest form yet, he said in a press conference that he feels the best that he has felt ever for in the longest time. Um, he's feeling more agile. He has more flexibility in his hips, like a lot of things that have just been nagging at him for years that he's worked through. He feels whole, the most whole that he has felt in a very long time. A dangerous statement from Patrick Kane. That's also why I don't think that this is an overly hyped move. A healthy Patrick Kane is going to be a dominant player, and he gets to do that alongside a guy that he has played with before and has a lot of chemistry with. Now, you saw or heard Patrick Kane's numbers. Alex Debrinkit last time, these two together had 41 goals 37 assists 78 points inside at a negative 13. these two alone combined for 23 power play goals on that seat and 557 shots on goal yeah that's going to be pretty wild and the red wings have done quite well without being in the mix and to being in the mix and battling some injuries here and there i think that this is a team that before the signing of patrick kane was heading to the playoffs, and i think it's even more of a sealed deal now that he has joined this roster also just need to take a brief moment since i did mention his name and just say i am sending thoughts and my prayers with dylan larkin his wife and the unfortunate news they had to put on social media i know that social media is such a great tool i know everybody has platforms now that we can all use but there's a part of me that genuinely hates the fact that we have to let people in so much like to deal with such devastating news. And the next thing that you have to do is put out a remark because you can't let anybody else control the story, the narrative, or make it their own. It's just like that kind of overwhelming if you really process what that's like and what that's all about. So praying for Larkin praying for his wife, praying for, you know, this tough tragic situation they're going through right now. And, you know, hopefully there's, there's, um, going to be a little blessing that comes out of this uh down the line but i know the whole hockey community stands with him and his wife and he's got one of the greatest teams to stand by him 
as well. Now, kind of transitioning out of that to some other pretty tragic news that took place this week was the, I don't even know how to explain this storyline. Uh, Corey Perry's um, inappropriate infraction causing his contract to be terminated by the Blackhawks. Now, for a team to terminate a contract obviously implies the, how serious this actually is. Uh, Corey Perry released a statement two days ago saying that, you know, he struggles with mental health and alcohol abuse and he's going to seek help for it. Um, I know Perry was on the roster here at Tampa Bay for a little while. Those were things that none of us were privy to. Um, didn't see any actions that would align with that. Uh, they did also clarify that it had nothing to do with a player's mom or any other players, the locker room and whatnot. So yeah, that's officially official. Corey Perry is going to go seek help for whatever took place in the Blackhawks organization. And now he has no contract to return to while he seeks this help. Um, something else within the Blackhawks organization on a completely different note, Taylor Hall had successful uh, right knee surgery. He acquired that injury late in the third period versus my lightning team so far on the season two goals two assists through 10 games and this is somebody who i just want taylor hall to come back and have the most uproaring obnoxious dominant season like i loved when this guy first got into the league and the impact that he made immediately in one of the seasons that he had with the oilers and how he threw the rain the rangers the devils on his back and had a fantastic 2017 2018 season and it's so tough to see players like this and their game. I don't think his game's dwindled down. I just think he hasn't been healthy in forever. I mean, the last time he's played an 80 season, 80 plus season was 2015 to 2016 with the Oilers. Other than that, he's probably had two seasons where he's played 70 to 72 games. And in the last four or five years, he's only really played 36 games in an 82 game season. Aside from that weird COVID year where it was like 54 or 56 games, one of those. Um, so yeah, he's going to be so talented, but have no ability to stay on the ice because their body's not healthy just sucks because I think he's fantastic I think he was impactful with the Bruins especially well gearing into playoffs and some of the better moments in playoffs before they got knocked out and I feel like he could have had a better stride with the Blackhawks I know that the injury was acquired again late in the third period versus Tampa Bay Lightning but this is somebody who healthy and focused maybe find some more security in his and his job can probably get back to rare form just a little bit more. I mean, his top season with the Devils in 2016 to 2018, this guy had 39 goals, 54 assists, sat at a plus 14, and he charted 19 plus minutes on the ice. So if there's a guy to root for, I'm rooting for Taylor Hall to have a magnificent bounce back. He will be out for the remainder of this season, but we'll see what takes place um, for his career next year. Now, as for where people's careers are going, we've got some trades that have gone on. We've got Anthony Belvere traded to the Hawks from the Canucks. This makes sense, obviously, because the Blackhawks are now down a forward in Corey Perry and a forward in Taylor Hall. So they needed that extra muscle in there. Even the young guys, this is a great developmental stage for them. And Connor Bedard is doing exactly what everybody anticipated that he would do, which it's so brilliant to watch, but it's also crazy that it's that the math is mathing for Bedard and his career. And he's just so quiet and humble about it all. Um, then you've got Zadorov. Now this was interesting because we know that this kind of was a tense situation because Zadorov was ready to get the heck out of Calgary and his wish granted he's out. Now he's joining a Canucks team. That's red, red hot. And to add defensively, this is someone who I loved watch playing with Colorado Avalanche. I mean, 
not the flashiest guy, but he did so well with keeping the puck ahead of him. Not to mention is that he may have not been the secondary assist all the time, but he was that he was that significant pass right before the secondary assist to get a play going. You saw it happen so much with the Colorado Avalanche um, as a playoff team back in 2018 and 2019. 2018 to 2019, he sat at a plus 19. And the final year that he wore the Colorado Avalanche sweater, he was sitting at a plus six. So this is somebody in the right system who can be extremely impactful. And I think with the Canucks, again, not always a flashy move, but putting in those right pieces at the right time is something that's going to elevate a Canucks team that's finding the back of the freaking net. It's just wild to watch. How many of you guys had the Canucks being this good on your bingo card? Because I did not. Canada might actually make a splash, not only in playoffs, but in the long run of all of it, this coming cup. Now, moving over to our next segment, in case you missed it, just recapping some of the top games of the week. And by top games, it doesn't always mean like the best battle on the ice. It also just means some weird shit went down and we've just got to ask questions, right? So after a bruiser performance versus the Canes a week ago, when the Bolts started off, I think it was like their third road trip of the season. They went to town, barely any shots on goal, racked up eight goals on the Hurricanes, who should be one of the better defenses in the league, but they're finding their way. Um, how do you have that kind of performance and then drop your next three? A back-to-back -back obviously is exhausting in its own form. The Avalanche is not an easy to play by any means, but then you start to come back late in the third period. The puck luck's not going your way. Then you bring that same energy versus the Coyotes. Now, there was a line change that I was surprised about. Um, Alex Barre-Boulay drew back into the lineup over Austin Watson. Watson has been tremendous in my book, obviously more of a physical presence, but Coach Cooper said it himself. This guy's got some silky mitts on him when need be, and he was drafted in the first round in NHL and, all, and then had to change the form of his game. Another podcast to check out is Block Party for the Tampa Bay Lightning because Watson was just on it and kind of talked about his journey of Know, being drafted as a scorer per se and a power play guy and then turning into this physical guy just to have a job in the league. It's crazy how guys have to completely um, change their game and continue to adjust just to make sure that they're making a roster. But all this to say, I thought this team could use their physicality versus the Cody's. Yeah, they've got one guy that doesn't mind throwing their body around, Josh Brown, I believe, and he dropped the gloves with Tanner Janot, but they needed an extra physical presence. Janot cannot be the only player on the team to create these momentum swings or to do the hits that are going to create turnovers, exhaust himself, and then still get in the game to try to contribute to the scoring. Like Watson needed to be that guy to do that. And I feel like it could have made a difference on the ice. It's just my personal opinion. I don't know how many others would agree. I know two people that agree with me with that. But other than that, who knows? Um, so yeah, drop the back-to-back, -back, come home, lose it on home ice to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were up 2-0, and then the game just kind of slipped away from them. Um, of course, turnovers are still pretty detrimental. Some poor passing is still uh, not really working out in their case. And this is a team that still has so much talent. I'm not counting them out of playoffs. I've asked a few people about it um, on a national scale or national media scale. They're counting the Tampa Bay Lightning out. Home, home base, we still have hope, and we still think they're going to make it to the playoffs. You got Bassey back, who's done tremendous, back from a lower back surgery. Um, you've got a great backup goaltender in Johansson, who has just been the sweetest surprise for this team. And if I am to make one base with Tampa Bay Lightning, whether you think it's biased or not, it's the fact that to have one of the most reformed rosters that they've had in quite some time, health hasn't really been on their side. 
They lose Tyler Mott game one to the Nashville Predators in the second period on a penalty kill. Then Connor Sherry had to kind of restructure his game to make up for Tyler Mott not being in the lineup. You're talking about a top six player, but playing in the bottom six to have a little bit more defense picking up and helping out with the actual defensive pairings. Then Tyler Mott comes back and Connor Sheary goes out. And in the mix of all of that, trying to figure out where Volteri Morella fits into the lineup and if they want to keep ABB up there, who was putting up points on the power play and working along uh, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point very well. There's just been so much movement and they haven't had a chance to attempt to find any consistency, starting between the pipes all the way up to that second line. So still some line changing going on uh, while Connor Sheary is out Kepke has been in the mix and he's actually been quite this I'm not gonna lie I've, I've been surprised by his play and how much he's contributed um ABB has continued to draw on for Watson but maybe that'll change versus the Dallas Stars tonight we'll see uh but that's my spiel about the Tampa Bay Lightning I'm not giving up on them they're going to playoffs goodbye next are the Capitals like good yeah I think they are like good um they stumped the LA Kings I love the LA Kings, but on the line, they just haven't been as sexy as they've been on the road. Obviously, they've been breaking records on the road. I think they went like 9-0. Um, but the Capitals have done something that's always going to make it hard to compete. They've stepped up defensively. They're only letting up about 2.75 goals per game, and their penalty kills sits a little over 81%. So if you can keep the opposing team from finding the back of the net, yeah, you're going to put yourself in the top conversation there. They need to get more goals going because they still sit under three goals per game, but I'm not complaining. Tom Wilson had a hat trick the other night. Um, after they beat the LA Kings, they topped the Ducks. That's when Wilson picked up his hattie. And just continue to be consistent in progressing their game per matchup. So, yeah, the Capitals are, like, good. Uh, Hughes Bros for the win. Yeah, I love this. I know there was so much conversation. Some people just like to rag on Jack Hughes and say that he was out of line and he had no business chirping at the ref. I freaking love to see it. If there's anything besides Jack Hughes's skill set and ability to play really good hockey that he should be getting praise for, it's honesty. It's his candor. He says the things that every player wants to say in the locker room. He addresses things from such an authentic pinpoint. You can't ever blame a player for that. And as hockey continues to um, run with this growing theme, I only say that because, you know, some people have to catch up. But as hockey continues to run with this growing theme, yeah, you've got to show more personality of these players. Like, people would never see a hockey player in the street and really recognize who they are or know them for their personality, and they wouldn't even be able to recognize the skill set. Um, so having a guy like Jack Hughes, who's very vocal, is helpful. Uh, the girls love him, obviously, but I loved it. It was such a big brother moment. And look, the, the whistle was kind of like, there was so many things into it. So I don't blame his emotions behind it. And again, I think there was more of a, a family stance there versus just, you know, a late whistle and you know, some horrible moments between the refs calls there. So the late hit was kind of weird on Hathaway. I know he catches a lot of heat because, boy, can he lay off hits. In the same sense, somebody was mentioning that Hughes, Luke Hughes, had let up or whatever because he thought it was going to be an icing call. I beg to differ at the angle of the shot because if he was – it almost looked back to me like there was two things that could have happened. Yes, he probably started to let up on the play, but it also could have been a cutback. And if he was in the middle of a cutback and Hathaway's coming in from the side, what, five – about two feet – four feet from the boards, it could almost roll into a boarding call with the angle of the hit. And it's just, it was a rough hit. Yeah. It's freaking hockey and that happens, but 
between the whistle being late, between what you won't see unless you were on the ice. Like I don't, I wouldn't call it Luke Hughes entirely slowing down. It could have been a cutback, could have been a number of things, but it probably had an, an, an ounce of a second to rethink that. Um, momentum is a huge factor in hockey. It's a fast paced game. So I don't really blame anybody either way, but I sure as hell do not blame Jack Hughes for going off and protecting baby brother. And they end up closing out the game, pulling off a W for their team. And bellies between those two are just adorable. Take a bow, Luke Hughes all day, every day. Um, Maple leaves with another head scratching win. They take on the Bruins tonight. I don't want to sound like a loose hater. I feel like this podcast has started to kind of translate to to me being a Leafs hater. That's not the case. I, first of all, I'm dying to see their arena. I will go to a Leafs game and just enjoy every single moment of the best, you know, great hockey. Um, but yeah, when they're a rivalry with your home team and you've just seen some interesting things, uh, not only from a media perspective, but a player perspective, then yeah, you're going to rag on them a little bit. Anyhow, they keep somehow pulling these head scratching wins without a defense to save their life turnovers are still a problem but their core guys just continue to go off Nylander, marner matthews um you can't beat that kind of talent so that's what's going on it'll be a great game between the bruins tonight because they've had some great matchups already uh avalanche lost to the coyotes the other night i only found this interesting because the bolts lost to both teams and coyotes are just fun to watch yeah, I mean, the the guy that I pull for the most over there, yeah, Clayton Keller is absolutely dominating. But it's it's low cool to me. Uh, it's been mentioned a number of times on this podcast that I am a huge Minnesota Gopher uh, college hockey fan. And those boys from last year's um, national run almost win. I just, I love them. Yes, I even love Matthew Nyes, even though he plays for the Leafs. But Logan Cooley, I'm a big fan of. And uh love to watch the Coyotes just for him. Now, we all this time or two early to tell. We've called it um, fan reactions. We called it a couple of things. But because of you guys' gravitation and reaction and engagement with this, I, I was talking with one of the producers at Believe, and we decided we're going to make this its own segment every single time we have a new Casing the League show. And I decided to call it Keep Calm, which means relax. No need to exaggerate. Settle down, right? or not and or carry on you support the statement you stand behind the hype you're all in you are all for it i realize if we continue to do telling or too early to tell we're at the nearly at the halfway the season it's not going to be too early to tell anymore that's just bs and i want to be accurate here so keep calm or carry on let's dive through some fan comments before we close out this episode of casing the league on believe network and I'll take this brief moment to remind you, like, share, subscribe, share with a friend, share a clip. It's always social media, but be sure to get a thumbs up, leave a review. Let us know what you guys want to hear, what you want to talk about, um, what you agree with or disagree with. It's all open in uh, this, this platform. We're just here to kind of hang and talk about something we love, which is hockey. So like, share, subscribe um, on any platform that you get your podcast or over at believe.com because the site is pretty magnificent and you'll catch some other fabulous shows. So keep calm or carry on the first one, maybe just because of the hard I laughed at this and anyone can challenge my maturity on this, but, um, the F you mean everybody was solid. Our goaltender led in everything. This is referring to the Canes versus Islanders game. Canes fall in overtime five to four to an Islanders team. That's still trying to figure out a lot 
thing. But this was fantastic because it was on the team post of the recap. And it's not even like the team was trying to like make it seem like it was this impeccable game to watch. And this guy put this comment in there five different times. And then it just really made me laugh. So the F you mean everybody was solid. Our goaltender let in everything. Um, well, five whole goals. So yeah. Now the next comment that kind of bases off of this as well. At this point, let's just start the game with six skaters. Rather have an extra attacker all game than Swiss cheese in the net. If you don't laugh at that, you need to go take a walk and then come back and read it. The Swiss cheese in the net actually killed me. Now, I know the Canes are going through um, some goaltending branding, but Ranta, I think, did quite well towards the end of the season and during playoffs for this team, obviously, before getting knocked out to the Florida Panthers. But... I didn't think that we faced any sort of issues between the pipes or inconsistency. So there is a kind of a surprise there, which I can understand fans feeling a little emotional. Uh, that's the best part about hockey, the emotional roller coaster we all get to ride. The next thing, Jerry has more goals than Anderson and Montreal. That's kind of harsh. That's like a little harsh. <laughs> Jerry grabs his first goal, but a goalie goal, there's nothing sexier than a goalie goal, right? And I had the honor and displeasure of witnessing that live i tweeted out the next day it felt so right and so wrong at the same time to witness that like you can't look away and he loved it so beautifully but in the same sense it was just like the nail in the coffin for my team and i was already having a bad third period mentally anyhow um another typical kucherov kind of night first period two points second period two horrendous ozone turnovers that lead directly to goals third period enters the witness protection program Y'all, relax. And it's not like Kucherov's had some major second periods. Um, the, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, that is not a, a typical Kucherov night. And Kucherov is far from typical when he's putting up six-plus points in a game and making it look easy. That's my defense. I'm sticking with it. This team deserves to be in first place. This team referring to the Penguins, that's an absolute not. Y'all need to settle down. Um it's bon appetit to Luke. Luke is like 17 and a half, so also settle down. The crest, the front crest logo is way too big. Just no wow factor. If I was a New York Ranger fan, I doubt I would ever buy this one. Rather have the Liberty head, in my opinion. I do dig the sleeves, though, for some reason. Well, Rangers is their, their third their third uh, jersey a couple days ago. It's It's hideous. Yeah. I wanted to be a little more chill about that, but absolutely not. The logo in itself, if I, first of all, I'm 5'1". If I was to buy that in the world's most extra small, I would would, would look like the Halloween costume where you just wear the logo and have your arms out. It would just be the entire logo covering shoulder to shoulder and neck to hip bones. It's way too big um, and completely unflattering. And the logos are always like the stiffest part of the Jersey. So I can't even imagine how comfortable that'd be to wear. You can't sit down without feeling like a freaking lawn chair. And at that point, everybody's just going to be creaking through MSG. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I agree. Um, without Captain and Kane, let's go. Red wings are already playoff bound. I kind of already touched on this before Patrick can't even sign. I totally agree. Even through the injuries that they have worked through and the games that they continue to show up being consistent in, I think this team is just fantastic. Um, they were on my, my bingo in the offseason, and it was only because I really liked the Shane Gossespierre move and obviously Alex Dabrinkit, um, 
being who he is and bringing what he brings to the ice. So that is the end of our keep calm or carry on. Let us know if anything stood out to you or a comment that you would either agree with or disagree with and why. I always want to hear back from you guys. And like I said, this will be a consistent segment here on Casing the League. A wild week in the NH, nothing less than entertaining. And once again, sending all of my thoughts and prayers to all of the tragic information that has also come out this week. Hockey Fights Cancer wrapped up the other night. Um, regardless of the scoreboard, a tremendous night. I know that one is always very near and dear to me. If you do follow me on social media over at Sports Case, that's K-A-S-E, or on Casing the League, you guys saw um, the card that I got to do for my dad and my stepdad. And so that's one of the best parts about hockey. It's these nights where everybody gets to kind of lead with more of a personal and vulnerable touch rather than just kind of being uh, an emotional basket case to the game specifically. So um, personal little shout out, anyone directly affected by cancer, whether you know somebody who's currently battling, someone who has survived or someone who is now in the beloved category, I, uh, I send you my love. I send you my compassion. I send you my empathy. And I also send you my support because I know exactly what it is like to have a survivor as well as a beloved um, person in, in my life, as well as your life. So another great week of hockey coming up. I'll be covered of Tim Bay Lightning facing off with the Dallas Stars tonight in Dallas before they get back home on Monday. And then Monday we got a big celebration because it's Victor Hedman's 1,000 thing. And um, I'll add in a personal touch of, like, coverage on the ground there for that. I did lose my mind and start a little vlog because – Rather than giving you guys the same old little clips of game days and walking to the arena and blah, 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 I figured let's uh, let's take it top to bottom. Let's give you a whole preview of the day. Each game day is kind of different. Some days I'm commuting, some days I'm not, and I'll be traveling here soon and finally picking off some bucket list arenas, which I'm most psyched about. So I caved in and uh, made a whole vlog under Casey L. Hudson. Um yeah, and my full coverage of Hockey Fights Cancer will actually be going up today. So if you guys are interested in watching that, be sure to check that out. But most importantly, share, subscribe to Casing the League wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to check it out on Believe.com. Until next time, guys, everyone have a safe and fantastic weekend. Enjoy your hockey games and continue to ride the emotional roller coaster. That is the NHL.